With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello and welcome into Brewcast from Maze and Brew on the SB Nation Podcast Network. Here with you on Tuesday night, May 24th, as we head into Wednesday, May 25th. Luke Giardi here with you, and we are joined by special guest Trevor Woods here on the program tonight, filling in as uh, one of our esteemed colleagues here at Maze and Brew and esteemed guest here tonight. Trevor, how you doing, man? Appreciate you coming on Brewcast here this week. I appreciate being on. I'm having a blast. I'm out by some sunny skies and lake water and uh, right now. And then I get to talk to you and about all things. Let's do it. Yeah, man, I'm looking forward to it. We got we got some good stuff to get to. Uh, there's been some interesting developments. Uh, we came in with the plan here to kind of talk about some potential Big Ten football uh, division realignment or just completely getting rid of the divisions. We're not 100% sure. We're going to speculate a little bit. We're going to you know talk about what we would like to see done. Also, a bit of an announcement uh, with the University of Michigan and the Brander Group regarding some NIL stuff we might be able to get to here uh, in the show. But definitely do want to kick it off here, Trevor, with the conference alignment because this has been some talk uh, amongst the fans at the very least out, out in the public. Sounds like... 
maybe some discussions behind closed doors because recently the NCAA, uh, they, they changed a rule that does not force conferences to have a conference championship that'll allow conferences to do uh, some different things with the divisions and everything like that. And Alan Holler, uh, Michigan State Athletic Director, he was asked about this, and he said changes are coming to the Big Ten. Now, obviously, we are just left to speculate on this, Trevor, as we do not know exactly what that means. It could be uh, division realignment. You keep the divisions. It could be going to a pod system. Could be getting rid of divisions altogether, and you take the top two teams at the end of the year and put them in the Big Ten championship game. So I, I ask you, Trevor, what would you like to see happen? D- do you like it the way it is? Would you like to see some changes? What are your thoughts on this? Well, let's go back to the Pac-12. I mean, they're the ones who kind of got the ball rolling on the whole thing pretty quickly after NCAA paved the way for this type of stuff to happen in these conversations to unfold. So I think hats off to Pac-12 doing what they did, especially, you know, not that many times they've been in the college football playoff of late. you got to mix it up. And especially now that you got Lincoln Riley out there at USC, Oregon, I think they're on the up and up as well. So I thought that was a great way for that conference to mix it up. As far as the big 10, I've been a proponent of getting rid of the divisions for quite some time. Now look at the big 10 East and how much better they are on average compared to the big 10 West. You have Michigan, Ohio state, Penn state, Michigan state, you know, definitely very top heavy on the big 10 East side. And there's a lot of years to where the big 10 East, they beat up on one another. Now I do find it a little funny. Now the NCAA rule paved the way for this discussion, as we already noted, but the fact that Michigan, it comes after a year, Michigan actually beat Ohio state and they're both in big 10 East Ohio States left out of the big 10 championship. I do think it's kind of funny kind of ironic, especially, you know, Michigan was the victor this year, something Ohio State's not used to. They're usually uh, the ones going to the Big Ten championship game. So that would also, if they did get rid of divisions, pave the way for a Michigan-Ohio State Big Ten championship game a week after the game, Michigan-Ohio State, the last game of the regular season each year, each year at noon. So then obviously another change, could potentially be well do you mix up where michigan ohio state play every year so you don't risk that happening so there's a lot of things to unpack but what do you think luke yeah so that's that's the reason why i don't like the idea of scrapping the divisions altogether although i i you 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 made a great point with the big 10 east man it's it's i mean it's a joke the the way the big 10 east and the big 10 west are set up Let, let's just put it that way it's a joke. Um, you know, the the Big Ten East is so much more of a powerhouse division than is the Big Ten West. Now, the Big Ten West, you know, has a couple players, Wisconsin, Iowa. Uh, Scott Frost has been a little disappointing at Nebraska, but there's always that, you know, potential of him to maybe get there or something like that. Same with P.J. Fleck in Minnesota. I'm just not sure we ever really see it. Um, but I, it's a weird time in college football, right? Like, I'm okay with progress in the game. But I also want to see some of the traditions really held on to, some of the big traditions really held on to. And one of those would be, 
Michigan, I, I'm a firm proponent, proponent that Michigan, Ohio State, they play once a year, and they would not ever play each other in a conference championship game. I wouldn't want to see it. I honestly wouldn't. Um, and, and look, if they ended up somehow like, and I know the argument is, you know, well, they could play each other in the college football playoff. Like, if that were to happen, that would take an extreme, excuse me, an extremely unique scenario. Whereas Michigan, Ohio State, playing in the Big Ten championship game after playing that last week in November, I don't think that would be all that unique. 2016, if Michigan beats Ohio State, which they came within a half inch of doing, I believe they would have met the Big Ten championship game the next weekend. If we're, if we're you know, uh, taking what we think might happen with losing the divisions and everything like that, that would be a year where they would have met. 2018 would have been a year uh, that they would have met in Indy. And then last year, uh, they would have met in Indianapolis regardless of what happened out there that Saturday on November 26th. That's three years since 2016, if 2016 goes, you know, a half inch in the other direction, that Michigan-Ohio State would have been playing two weeks in a row. And I I just, I don't know. I It doesn't sit right with me, Trevor. I, that's one of those one-off games that should, should only happen once a year unless it's an extremely unique scenario, which would be Michigan-Ohio State, I think, would only ever meet in a national championship game if they were to ever meet in the college football playoff. Yeah, I hear you. And the, the other thing, let's say they get rid of the divisions what's going to be so hard is that okay obviously michigan and ohio state have to play every year and then obviously michigan and michigan state have to play every year penn state has always been perceived as one of michigan's biggest rivals jim harbaugh would certainly say that or argue that so part of it to your point uh the tradition point uh some of these teams in the big 10 east uh the top heavy big 10 east as we call it uh, Michigan would already be, be playing anyway, or we'd certainly be disappointed if every other year Michigan doesn't get to go up to Happy Valley and play against, you know, a, a whiteout. Uh, so there's a lot of things that they need to figure out before announcing. I think the announcement from MSU was a little bit premature. Uh, definitely lets every uh, – has everybody's head spinning and brains churning, trying to figure out exactly, you know, what's going to happen next. But there's not a whole lot of things that uh, I, I think are necessarily going to be better than how things are currently arranged. An idea off the top of my head would, could be you, you shuffle the divisions around each year a bit, uh, depending on where teams finished, kind of shuffle the schedules around like they do in the NFL, for example, let's say the division winner of the NFC West, uh, you know, the division winner of the NFC West will have to play the division winner of the NFC East. So the crappy teams play each other more, the better teams uh, play each other more on average. I, I'd be kind of cool with that. But here's also the issue and something I'm sick of with the divisions as they stand. And I think a lot of Michigan fans would agree with this, but Definitely sick of seeing Michigan play Rutgers each and every mm -hmm. year. Uh, obviously getting a little better under Greg Schiano and tip of the cap to Greg Schiano. Uh, Maryland, Maryland, you know, every year, oh, Maryland's going to get a little better. It really hasn't happened yet. Uh, Michigan definitely beats up on them. So that's just a couple games that I don't necessarily enjoy, uh, enjoy covering uh, at all. And uh, one I do enjoy covering uh, 
when Michigan plays Chicago's Big Ten team. And <laughs> that's just that's also such a great trip for Michigan fans uh, going to Northwestern. They take either Highway 94, which leads you know Chicago all the way to Ann Arbor, or they take the Amtrak that's downtown at the depot uh, and goes all the way to downtown Chicago. And then Evanston, Illinois, is just you know 15 minutes away from there. So I do hope that Michigan and Northwestern start playing more frequency. And that's another thing. Everybody's throwing their ideas out there, but that's kind of a thing everybody's seeming to point to is now they're playing for the George Jewett Trophy in the rivalry, and uh, that's something that should be played every year. Now, obviously, Michigan-Northwestern isn't something, you know, that that, uh, is going to get everybody as excited as the, you know, bigger rivalries or the bigger games like Michigan-Ohio State, Michigan-Michigan State, Michigan-Penn State, but it's still cool. So Mm -hmm. I I think there could be, you know, a a little shift in things. And we're seeing that also in the schedule as it is to where they don't necessarily have to change how things are. Michigan's going to start playing Nebraska more for a few years and the the Bussin Bowl uh, trophy (laughs) that uh, Taylor Luan and those guys at the Bussin with the Boys podcast uh, conjured up. But uh, yeah, so right now this is an interesting conversation, but ultimately you don't know, I don't know, and nobody knows, but uh, I think the most important thing they need to factor is something you said, Luke, and uh, it's just don't take away from the mystique of that first Saturday after Thanksgiving, just a couple days after, you know, Michigan, Ohio State, the game at noon, all that, it's kind of, you know, goes hand in hand with Thanksgiving, and there is I do agree the potential that things get tarnished if they do indeed play two times a year. So uh, any final thoughts on that subject? Oh, yeah, absolutely, because uh, I want to go back to what you mentioned about kind of reshuffling the divisions. And here's the issue that the Big Ten has that they've kind of roped themselves into. Now, when they had, look, everyone hated legends and leaders, and I understand it. It was, it was. I just think they got it wrong. I, I think that was the right premise, Trevor. I just think they got the divisions wrong. Michigan, Ohio State, they have to be in the same division. You know, that was, that was utterly preposterous that they were not in the same division. But when you have a Big Ten East and a Big Ten West, you really hamstring yourself, right? Like, the most logical scenario is you put someone like Penn State in the other division, and you kick over Northwestern or Illinois, right? Like, that immediately balances the divisions a whole lot more. You've got Penn State, Wisconsin, Iowa in one division, Michigan, Michigan State, and Ohio State in the other one. And then, you, you know, you've got, like, Minnesota and Nebraska that could potentially make a leap. Like you mentioned, Rutgers potentially on the way uh, with Greg Schiano back to, you know, playing competitive football in their glory days under him. We've seen Indiana, you know, have one successful year and things like that. It just leaves the potential. But that immediately balances the divisions. But the issue is... You hamstring yourself because they're in Pennsylvania, man. They're you know, they're over they're over on the East Coast is Penn State. How are you gonna say they're in the Big Ten West while you got these other teams who are so much more further west that are still in the Big Ten East? And it, it just, you know, it, it doesn't make sense when you do it that way. But if you get rid of the rid of the directional divisions, I think it works out. It's a logistical issue, I understand. Uh, one thing that I've heard thrown out there, and I like your your idea of divisions here, Trevor, because you could pod this up, right? Uh, and I'm not sure exactly how you do it with 14 teams because you don't really have a, a I don't know, a, a, an easy way to to make pods out of 14, right? 
Like, that's that's kind of an issue moving forward. But if you're thinking of, you know, say you have Michigan, Ohio State, and Northwestern in a pod or something like that. You've got Penn State Rutgers in um, Maryland in a pod over on the east. Michigan State, Northwestern, someone else in a pod. But So you have to play everyone in your pod, but you also get a guaranteed you know rivalry game each and every year for Michigan Michigan State like you would still play Ohio State once and Michigan State once each and every year in the pod system but then like you said you'd almost have like a, a mini tournament right to go to the Big Ten championship game like pod one winner plays pod two winner pod three winner plays pod four winner and then those two winners go to the Big Ten championship game that could be something that we could see happen here that I wouldn't necessarily mind as long as Michigan and Ohio State are guaranteed and Michigan Michigan State are guaranteed those are really the only two games that I care about Michigan having a guaranteed game for I understand the the rivalry trophy with Northwestern you got but we got the little brown jug we don't play Minnesota every year so I think that's something that could potentially be feasible as well I'm really interested to see what what the Big Ten does here because I would imagine it's not going to be the same seven teams of the Big Ten East the big uh, same seven teams of the Big Ten West no that's the bare minimum I think that we can all surmise that something's going to be different is, is are they scrapping divisions completely? We don't know, but there's going to be some type of restructuring realignment or hell what you just said. Maybe you should be in the room at the Chicago offices <laughs> uh, with a, with a, with a drawing board connecting some dots. Uh, but yeah, it could even be a pod system, but uh, it seems like there's going to be a lot of news coming out period with the big 10. Uh, you know, you got the contractual stuff with the, the broadcasting rights going on uh, with, the, the Big Ten, and they want to announce that soon, perhaps even next week. It's coming quick. So I think this this whole discussion uh, with the division stuff, it, it's going hand in hand. So when the news drops happen, they're going to come quick, they're going to come furious, and it's going to be a lot to dissect no matter what. So everybody be on your toes is what I'd say. Absolutely. So we'll see what happens uh, on that front there. Looking forward to, to looking at the future of Big Ten college football uh, with uh, some different divisions and different scheduling uh, from here on out. Uh, do want to switch gears real quick, Trevor, uh, to some big news that actually dropped, I don't know, probably four hours before we began recording. And that was that uh, Michigan is partnering with the Brander Group to launch group licensing for student athletes. This is a, you know, a huge NIL thing for Michigan because, uh, you know, someone like Hunter Dickinson has been very critical of the way the University of Michigan has handled name, image, and likeness in the sense that the players, they could sell their name, image, and likeness, but they cannot have the Michigan branding along with it, the Block M, you know, which obviously makes them even more recognizable. This is going to allow student-athletes to enter into the group licensing program and be allowed to use the Block M, be allowed to use Michigan licensing. I think this is a huge step for Michigan. I think it opens a whole lot uh, of more doors, Trevor, you know, uh, for Michigan student-athletes. And look, at the end of the day, Michigan's got to step up to the plate. I mean, you got Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher. They're going neck and neck uh, at each other, and it's all over NIL. Michigan's just kind of feels like they're lagging behind a little bit in that department, given everything that's that's going on between Bama, Texas A&M, and I don't know, Deion Sanders even got roped in a little bit there. But, I mean, that was a whole crazy situation. But I think this is a really cool thing uh, for Michigan and a big opportunity for the student-athletes. 
Yeah, I mean, there's other colleges that have done the same thing. Let them use their uh, version of the block M, if you will, whether it's, you know, the Ohio State uh, logo or, or whatever else. A handful of teams have followed uh, the same type of uh, train of thought. But as it concerns Michigan, I mean, Michigan, go to a football game, right? Go to a football game, 111,000 people. Uh, they're all wearing Michigan stuff. Here's my point, whether it's, you know, the basketball team, it's the football team, it doesn't matter. Michigan across the nation, they have some of the best fans and they're always willing to whip out some money, not only to support the athletes, but just, just to buy some stuff, you know, and, and look cool. And now Hunter Dickinson, he has no reason to be as uh, angry as he was. Uh, and <laughs> this is something that was already being worked on that predated, you know, Dickinson's comments. So uh, Hunter uh, saying what he did really had no bearing on this deal, but uh, Hunter was still right. The crux of what he was saying, and you can't let in this era a year go to waste. Right. Right. I mean, I mean, in any form, you, you look at technology, how rapidly that uh, progresses in a year's time. And the same can be said with NIL, that uh, the time is now and you're going to get lapped or you're going to get lapped multiple times. Uh, Ohio State, for example, they have an NIL program right now, which Urban Meyer is on the board of. And uh, as Jim Harbaugh says, and I stand by Harbaugh's comments, uh, you know, trouble follows Meyer wherever he goes and we're in the age of the wild west the nil where uh you know certain uh brands of nil are going to do things right and by the books and there's other that there's definitely going to be some weird cash flows coming in and i'm not saying that's going to happen with urban meyer but i mean urban meyer he's going to be a presence he's going to be a force for ohio state with all that type of stuff and you, you can't allow, whether it's Texas A&M, as far as Nick Saban's concerned, how much money they brought in with their NAL stuff. Uh, Michigan can't let Ohio State do that to them. So they have to do everything, all hands on deck, whatever they can that's possible to get these players some revenue. And Jim Harbaugh said, you know, it's, it's not a transactional experience. It's a transformational experience going to the University of Michigan. And yeah, I mean, he's right. I mean, the University of Michigan, it's usually ranked the number one university, public university in America and one of the best in the world, for sure. Ann Arbor is a wonderful town, but I mean, players will go somewhere else, no matter how transformational mm -hmm. an experience is. If I, I can make, you know, a million dollars more somewhere else, well, a, a lot of people are going to look elsewhere. It's just the reality of the matter. So if Michigan can do things by the books, do things the right way, and also be able to generate a lot of revenue for players, uh, that's awesome. So, I mean, the Block M is among the most famous logos in all of college sports, and uh, this is definitely a great thing. Yeah, I, I'm admittedly not really an expert on the NIL stuff, how it works, what is, uh, you know, what's within the rules, what's against the rules, especially with the new stuff coming out that the NCAA is talking about, yada, yada, yada. What I do know, though, Trevor, is that Michigan is known for the alumni money cam cannon, one of the biggest alumni bases in the entire country uh, with business owners, 
high-ranking people in Fortune 500 companies. They, you know, they got money all over the place. They got power all over the place. And almost all of them very passionate about University of Michigan athletics, particularly football and basketball and hockey to an extent as well, that are probably chomping at the bit to, you know, help these guys out NIL deals. That is a transactional thing at the end of the day, you know, uh, for not only the student athlete, but for those businesses as well, because everyone wants to, it's, it's like a, you know, a big web, right? Like, like a big circle is that these people want to support the student athletes and so do the people who aren't in that position of power. So they're going to secondarily probably support the businesses that sponsor the student athletes because they want to help out in any way that they can. And, you know, Michigan has a major opportunity with NIL. When that rule got passed and Michigan has lagged behind up to this point, they have, with how much money that alumni base has, they have a major opportunity here. Uh, to start playing with the big boys in, in terms of recruiting. Whether or not they're going to do it because of the, the – it's kind of a pride thing uh, that, that I've really sensed, Trevor. I, I don't know if you have as well. Like, we don't need to do the things, you know, that Ohio State does and Alabama does and whatnot to compete, right? But at the end of the day – you kind of do. So we'll see where it goes from here. But I also saw our friend Anthony Broom uh, point out a thing earlier that this is a group licensing thing that Brander has the right that if you sign on, it's a group licensing thing that, you know, maybe could uh, get you name, image, and likeness rights with, say, EA Sports for the upcoming college football game, which I would really like very much. Oh, <laughs> yeah, man. A long time coming. I, I can't wait, especially on the next gen system. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Now that is a transformational experience. Yeah. <laughs> I know these guys don't even know what it's like to play as themselves in video games, man. All those college athletes, you ask them like I know they're, they were peeved. They didn't really get paid or a cut of it. But a lot of former guys said it was really cool to play as themselves in, in a college football or college basketball video game. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, so many avenues, just like our buddy Broom indicated that, you know, this, this could uh, spiral towards positivity. But, uh, yeah, still got a long ways to catch up as far as Michigan's concerned. Uh, I mean, Michigan isn't to the level where they're pissing Nick Saban off. And that's where <laughs> that's where they need to that's where they need to get to, because, man, Saban basically he backtracked after the fact, but he basically accused Jimbo Fisher of cheating, said that they paid for the number one class, Texas A&M. And then Jimbo had a, a fiery response and uh, Saban's already been getting agitated about NIL anyway. And uh, every time Saban gets agitated, people always say, Oh, you don't poke the bear. He's just warning you. Well, uh, I contend he might be the greatest coach of all time, but uh, you know, this is a new day and age and he's concerned. He's a, he's an old man in his seventies and he doesn't like, uh, seeing things change and uh, they're changing in front of his eyes and uh, teams like Texas A&M and others and maybe Michigan even uh, can catch up to Bama in a hurry now uh, yeah. with this uh, level playing field where people can get paid out in the open. Bro, like, I, how about that? I <laughs> Like everyone keeps saying that, right? They're like, Saban is just warning you, you know, it's like, Dude, the status quo is Alabama wins a national championship every other year. <laughs> what do you mean you're warning us? That 
that means no, absolutely not. He doesn't want it to change because he's got the upper hand right now and he doesn't want anyone else to be even close to him. There's no, no warning. No. The, the status quo is already there that Alabama dominates in recruiting and on the field. We're, and do anything to change the status quo. Yeah, exactly. It, uh, you know, Dabo Swinney a couple years ago before NIL was passed or one player got paid legally, uh, Swinney was saying that if NIL happens, that he was going to retire, he's going to quit. And that was going to be it, going to right off into the sunset. And well, guess what, Dabo? <laughs> I haven't seen your retirement. No, yeah, exactly. He, he looked He looked at his bank account and his latest paycheck and he says, you know what? I guess I can live with it. Yeah. Yeah, so when you see a guy like Jimbo, who hey, Jimbo Fisher ain't perfect either, yeah. but who who really who really is man at that level, right? You're you're fighting like you said, so many egos at play. Oh yeah. Uh, but uh, man, I, I I wish more people would go after Saban like that. To be honest with you, especially when it's uh, at least semi warranted, I think most people would agree. But man, that he went for the jugular. He basically was saying, <laughs> hey, hey, journalists, if you want to. You want to look into Saban and uh, how he does things down there, uh, uh, you might find some dirt. So I do find that to be another interesting uh, cherry on top, if you will, uh, to this whole conversation. Uh, is somebody actually going to bring Saban down with some wild well, report we read, or, or uh, is he going to? gonna you know retire with grace and uh, another ring uh, so that's that's my concerned. only that's my only criticism trevor of that entire interview from jimbo fisher he goes go ask anyone he literally said go ask anyone who's ever coached with them they'll tell you and i'm sitting here like jimbo you were his offensive coordinator for like four years at lsu please tell us the mic is open right now you're on a roll don't say go ask anyone who's ever coached with them you did tell us tell us what you're thinking right now yeah, that, that's actually a great point, and uh, because he doesn't want to be the one, he don't he doesn't want to be the snitch, man. I know, <laughs> and I'm like I'm like it. Jimbo. You have a ninety five million dollar buyout. If there is anyone that can absolutely say whatever is on their mind with impunity right now, it is you. No doubt, and he definitely missed an opportunity. Maybe Lane Kiffin uh, will spill the beans. <laughs> I mean, Kiff. Kiffin's a guy that uh, Saban, uh, you know, they didn't wait for him on the bus after they <laughs> won the national championship. They drove off without him. If anybody has a, uh, a gripe, uh, I think it would be Kiffin. But, uh, yeah, we'll see, right? But uh, I, I think somebody will end up talking inevitably who doesn't have their hands dirty and are complicit themselves uh, because the past catches up to a lot of these coaches one way or the other, right? And, and no not question. many, not many, no matter how good their career was, uh, you see a lot where a legacy gets tarnished at the end. So, so I'm not saying that's going to happen, but I'm definitely interested to see if it does, especially in the light of Jimbo's uh, comments that, yeah, he was trolling them, but hey, what the hell, it was entertaining. Man, I already love this year because, you know, usually it's really slow this time of year. College football, college basketball, they've already given us a ton of storylines as we head into Memorial Day weekend. Before you know it, it's going to be August and we're talking football camp and everything like that, but Let's keep it going. Trevor, really appreciate you coming on the show here this week, man. Where can the listeners of Brewcast find you on social media? It's going to be at Woods Football on Twitter. Just say hey, and uh, we'll go from there. Absolutely. You can find myself at Luke Yardy, L-U-K-E-G-H-I-A-R-D-I. Follow the Maze and Brew uh 
Twitter page as well, at Maze and Brew, the Brewcast Show page, at Brewcast Show. Subscribe, rate, leave a review for this podcast, hopefully five stars, and give us your thoughts, and all of the other great podcasts that we've got here on the Maze and Brew SB Nation podcast network. Trevor, once again, man, really appreciate you coming on this weekend and filling in. Had a lot of fun with you here tonight. Always a blast, Luke. We'll do it again soon. Absolutely. For my partner, Trevor Woods, I'm Luke Yardy. We'll see you next week on Brewcast.